Hello guys, wow, I am here, I'm back. I have been gone a while, but I've been working on some research and things here and there, so there are episodes coming. Uh, I did take a, about a two month hiatus, a, a summer break if you will, uh, but I am gonna come back uh, starting uh, soon. Um, obviously here's a new episode so uh, anyway so the reason for this episode is because i wanted to do an update of course of what i've been up to of you know that i've been away but also because i wanted to update the i did an episode uh one of my first episodes was on the oklahoma girl scout murders and in that episode i talked to you guys about a guy named gene leroy hart and how it seemed like he was a killer but at the end of everything he was found to be not guilty um, and so there's been an update in that case, and, uh, at this moment in time, it might not be the newest, uh, news, I think this came out a little while ago, um, but either way, I thought it was important, especially since I did cover that case, and so, um, what I'm gonna do is do, uh, uh, I guess I'm gonna do... I will recap uh, quickly what, what happened, um, but basically they were able to link him to the murder, uh, the murders, uh, with DNA. So more and more crimes are being solved with DNA now, which is, you know, absolutely amazing, but it's also just so, like, you know, it's just so wow. And obviously DNA has been a thing for some time now, and of course, as soon as it started to become more available, uh and 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 um you know faster and everything we've been able to close a lot of cold cases but also just the you know sort of like the newest um science with the, with the dna is familial dna which has brought so many more uh you know <laughs> what would i say criminals I almost just said bad people but um you know, it's about a lot of of these criminals out, these these violent people, murderers, you know, all kinds of people that have done these terrible things out, and we're able to find them now, even though, yeah, it's a little bit uh, later, but it's still amazing that we're able to do all of this. So, um, so yeah, so this case, almost 50-year-old case, has been solved with DNA, so I, I just think that that's pretty amazing. So, um back to this story basically uh most people at that time and throughout time did seem to believe that um gene leroy was guilty but of course like i said it wasn't able to be proven but i'm just glad to know that we were all on the right path especially because i think at the end of that episode i declared that i, I believed he was the killer so I, i'm glad to know that my instinct seemed to be correct uh so basically this is what happened i'm going to do a really quick recap for those that do not know of the um of the murders that happened in the 70s so i am going to be using an oxygen article and i'll be linking that in the show notes and any other sources that i may use so three young girls uh one named Lori farmer who was eight another michelle gus goose i don't know how to pronounce it even in that episode i wasn't sure how to pronounce it um she's nine uh was nine and doris milner who was 10 were all brutally murdered and also raped while at summer camp and this happened about you know 45 years ago in locust locust grove uh oklahoma so 
According to Mays County Sheriff Mike Reed, DNA has confirmed that the man tried for and acquitted of the killings in 1979, Gene Leroy Hart, uh, was in fact the likely killer so what seemed to sort of be the catalyst of this was the mother of one of the young girls of uh, um, the mother of Lori Farmer uh, she seemed to be you know it seemed like she was always champion for her daughter and she's always trying to get justice throughout all these years I always see her name come up and how she's doing something um, she's always doing something for the case and uh I think that, you know, it's amazing. I think it's also really tragic and sad because it doesn't matter how much time passes or anything, you're always going to be... I can't... You know, this is why people talk about um, closure, and I don't think that closure truly is the right word. It it can't be. uh, Maybe just resolution or something because um, clearly, you know, here we are 50 years later and she's still uh, so... Um, passionate, I guess, about having this case solved because it's important. Um, it's it's important to her, and so I just I think that that's uh, you know it just it tugs at my at my heart. Anyway, so so Mike Reed, the sheriff, um, he had been re-examining the case for the past nine years. Um, this is according to CBS Tulsa affiliate KOTV DT, uh, and investigators utilized new DNA testing that wasn't available during um, Hart's 1979 murder trial uh, but of course now there is it was available so Mays County Sheriff Reed said that the new DNA evidence developed that was developed would have convicted Jean Leroy Hart of the murders of the Girl Scouts in the 1979 trial which he was actually acquitted for if it had been available at that time uh, so it says details were slim about how DNA definitively tied Hart to the triple homicide, but Sheriff Reese asserted that there was no room for doubt that Hart was the person responsible. <clears throat> and in fact, uh, well, I just basically said that I'm not going to re- repeat myself. Basically, you know, um, if it was available then, they would have been able to find him guilty. So this is what he said. This is a quote from him. I pray that there's something that we've done that gives the family a second of something that even resembles closure or acceptance or something. But as far as peace, there is absolutely nothing about this case that has given me one second of peace, period. So here's where, you know, I saw I saw a lot of articles, a lot of coverage on this whole thing about... You know, like these clickbait uh, articles that say DNA, new DNA evidence proves that Jean Leroy Hart was a murderer, basically. But what they're not really saying was this, and this is where um, it gets a little tricky, I guess. So there was other agencies involved in the investigation uh, back in 1979. So because of the, there's these other uh, agencies involved, uh, how can I put it to you? each one basically has to agree they all have to come to a an agreement that yes this case has been closed so basically uh these other agencies were not ready to uh, declare case closed uh because so this is what he's this is um so i guess he there's a facebook 
page called Girl Scout Murders Cold Case Research. So he posted on there and he said, I will clarify some misinformation. The case will not be closed unilaterally by any one investigative agency and will only be closed when and if sorry for the pages. The families, OSBI, the sheriff's office, and the district attorney's office all agree to do so. Uh, so, like I said, basically, um, all the agencies have to agree in order for it to be closed. So, there have been long-standing rumors of other suspects in the case. And, uh, of course, there was um, other DNA that had been collected and analyzed. Lots of rumors, other suspects. But, uh, basically, physical evidence that was used against Hart in 1979... Uh, included sperm that showed that only uh, 0.0020% of the population, so very little amount of the population met the unique characteristics contained in that evidence, and heart happened to have the, those characteristics. So of course in that time, DNA, they didn't, it wasn't what it is now, they could sort of narrow things down in that way but it was not a definitive you know yes or no answer basically so uh, according to the OSBI uh, they they believe that yes he had very specific sperm that you know is very unique and unlikely that other people could be responsible other than him but ultimately said that despite that evidence the local jury did end up acquitting Hart and um, you know, it is what it is, I guess. So, of course, that when that verdict came out, Green County and everybody, I think, was just very shocked. And thankfully, of course, Hart was ultimately sent back to prison anyway because he was actually serving a prison sentence, a previous sentence, because he had, a, you know, at that time when he committed this triple homicide, he was actually on the lam. He had escaped prison and was hiding out. So when they caught him for this crime and then ultimately acquitted, he did end up going back to prison anyway to continue serving the previous sentence from before the triple homicide. And then he ended up dying of a massive heart attack in June uh, 1979. So he ended up, I think, um, I think it was like two months later he ended up dying, something like that. Uh, so really didn't spend much time in jail, ultimately. In 1989, the state tested DNA from the semen, uh, from a semen stain found on a pillowcase in Michelle Gus's sleeping bag, according to KOCO, but they were unable at that point to get more than a partial match. And like I said, it did not exclude Hart uh, as a contributor. And then it, it's unclear if a fuller DNA profile was developed from that or from another sample more recently. We don't know exactly where this DNA is necessarily coming from. And <clears throat> I'm sorry. And then uh, Oxygen.com did reach out to Sheriff Reed and to the OSBI for clarification about the DNA testing and, uh, you know, what was, where did it come from and, and everything like that. But uh, did they, they did not receive any immediate response. So basically, that is the update. There was some DNA found that says that he was a killer. But um, I guess for whatever reason, the other agencies are not ready to say case closed. 
Um, so it's an update, but sort of not an update. You know, I guess not until we get case closed and it's case closed, but uh, it does appear that we finally found the killer, that there's some... Like I said, I think we all kind of knew it was him, but now there's some solid proof or more concrete proof to what we believed. Uh, and more, it's a little less circumstantial and a little bit more uh, science-based. So, you know, this is so this is just great. Hopefully, you know, the other agencies are able to uh, corroborate the DNA evidence. Hopefully, everything was done right and it could officially be a case closed. I hope we hear about that soon. Of course, things take time, so maybe that's why the other agencies haven't jumped on it yet. Um, maybe, you know, Sheriff Reed just jumped the gun, um, before, you know, he passed it along to the other ones so that they could just say yes, case closed, but, um, hopefully, uh, we're, we're well on our way, we're, we're close to that, um, chapter finally being closed. So, um, you know, these cases these cases hurt and they affect a lot of people and I don't did I just talk about I have the worst memory right now it's but you know I was talking about I think I already mentioned this if not um I'm just gonna repeat it but you know we talk about closure and I you know I can't help but think about the moms and how they're still you know trying to get this solved and I think most of us do understand that there's no real closure and that, of course, this is something that's going to be lifelong for everybody and it's going to be a loss that hits them forever, but I think that no matter how much we understand it, we don't really know until we're there. And as satisfying as it may be for us to say, okay, yes, great, you know, we got an answer and and whatever, you have to, of course, remember that... Um, the families are looking for when a crime like this happens I think a big part of it and I think in order for people to heal is that something has to be resolved and so when you have an open case I think it makes it really hard for these families to move on or to really allow themselves to feel anything or to not to feel anything I think it makes it really hard for them to truly grieve and sort of deal with their their loss because there's always this looming thing in the background of this case being open and justice not being served and you know all these other factors and so you know that's why we do hope that these cases get resolved and we are able to close those chapters and that we are able to allow the family and the friends and the community really um you know because some of this some of these things of course affect the community and um you know, you just you just want everybody to just, to just start mourning their loss and their situation just fully and just not having any of those lingering complications of an unsolved case. So that's that's my update with that. Uh, so, okay, so yeah, so that's new-ish. Uh, there's something else I wanted to bring up. There's been, well, there's there was a, a murder recently, uh, of course, uh same things i wrote this up like sometime last week so it's not there might be some new developments that i haven't seen yet but at the time that i wrote this up uh this is basically what was going on so 
Um, okay, well, so there was this uh, Tennessee woman who was allegedly killed by her husband. So basically they were on their honeymoon in Fiji and the husband is Bradley Robert Dawson and allegedly he killed his wife Christy, uh, Christy Chen uh, on July 9th. So about a little less than a month and this case uh, will be heard by before Justice Riaz Hamza of the Latoka La High Court in Fiji. So, per the release, Dawson is being kept in custody in Fiji, and his next court date is scheduled for August 18th, which is coming up in about two weeks. So, according to WREG, Dawson is in jail without bond and could face life in prison if found guilty. So, Dawson, who I mentioned was uh, the 38, did I mention his age? He was 30, he's 38, and uh, Christy is 36. They traveled together to Fiji for their honeymoon, but, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Robert Bradley Bradley Robert Dawson's lawyer did confirm that Christie's body was found inside a hotel room, but he said that he could not confirm the manner in which she died. And basically, the attorney just says that his client is innocent, and um, you know, they they keeping a. a they're keeping quiet about what happened but this is allegedly what happened so they were at fiji's turtle island resort which is this luxury island resort resort in the yasawa islands and it this is what it advertises quote pure indulgence relaxation and romance at one of the most sought after destinations in the world that's per its website so a friend told the daily beast that uh, christy she was a pharmacist i don't know if that's you know these articles always say a pharmacist um actually yeah this is going to be sort of important just because i think it's important what he does so bradley worked for a non-profit and he was basically like an it guy at a non-profit so they ended up tying the knot in memphis on february 18th so they actually got married at the beginning of the year but they did not have their honeymoon until july so partially i can only imagine is due maybe to the pandemic other it might be financial i'm not sure exactly why um but they did take their time uh, to take that uh, vacation or their honeymoon but this is where it's interesting so that um the the wedding was the first time that many of her friends actually met him for the first time and you know they were saying that they had had this whirlwind romance but uh yeah i don't know if you ask me i uh, red flag always there's never a reason to rush into getting married if your friends have not met your significant other the person that you are going to be tying the knot to you know somebody that you're going to be legally binding yourself to that is a red flag i don't see any reason why you know you can't take any time at all to just introduce you know your significant other to your friends so you know just just as a um i don't know I, i'm nobody to give advice but just as a friendly advice i guess never fall for 
if somebody's ever trying to push you into uh, getting super serious really quick, if somebody's trying to make these huge commitments to you right away that they're trying to buy you some crazy car or move in, you know, any sort of large decision like that, commitment, uh, red flag. Just red flag, red flag, red flag. And so, yeah, so apparently they had this whirlwind romance and they basically and almost you know they got married uh and then everybody got to meet him for the first time so awkward but anyway so um before i move on also it's not even just the crazy commitments it's also if you guys seem to be like crazy about each other like there's so much if if you ever feel like this crazy passion and like everything seems so perfect and it's like out of control and you can't stop thinking about them uh more than likely you're being love bombed or something i'm starting to learn too is a lot of a lot of us fall for somebody who complements our trauma responses so basically um how can I put it? So basically, for example, I'm just going to give a quick... I don't, I don't mean to go on about this. I'm sorry. But I just want to give an example. Because if I can help one person, that'd be great. Um, but basically, let's take me as, as an example. I have, like, abandonment issues and things like that. And so when my partner and I start to get into an argument, if he shuts down on me, um, that triggers my response. So then I tend to get panicked and... Uh, might say you know might be provoking him you know asking him too many questions or whatever the case may be to the point where then he gets his trauma gets um like activated and then he now is going to respond to what i'm doing and so each time one person is responding to the other person it keeps getting worse you know it's not getting better because we're just responding as if we are dying you know that's what trauma is our, our body thinks we're in danger uh, our brain does and so so yeah so basically um if 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 you were ever like in this weird really passionate relationship like that it just might be that you're being love bombed or you might be with somebody who activates your trauma and so just you know if that's the case you're gonna have some crazy fights and stuff so it's not and, and obviously it's not all the time um it's not uh it's not you know this isn't like a, a, a blanket it's, it's not i'm not trying to say that this is a case for everybody or anything like that but um i do know that this is a case for a lot of people so uh, that's why i'm saying you know just be cautious don't make huge commitments um when you're first starting a relationship take it slow don't give them any money don't marry them don't get pregnant don't let them buy you a car don't move in don't you know don't don't do any of those large things like that because they're, they're, they're red flags and there's no need if you guys have such a solid relationship if you think that you're so in love and they and they are the one and whatever then then nothing needs to be rushed that's my opinion anyway okay so uh back to this so um bradley so he um he's been suspended from his position so the um the nonprofit is called youth villages and it's a nonprofit for children and he's basically since this has come out he's been suspended from his, his position uh this is what uh, I, i'm gonna quote from 
from the youth villages is what they say bradley dawson was an it professional at youth villages he has been suspended pending further information it is our understanding miss chen was his wife and our condolences condolences go out to her family so that's their statement uh the statement of the resort this is what they say we can confirm that an incident took place between a couple at the island on july 9th which has resulted in a tragic outcome uh, and charges being laid we cooperated fully with the police who conducted a thorough investigation and have now left the island uh, and then it says here out of respect for those impacted and given it is an open legal matter we cannot provide any further comment at this time we are deeply saddened by the event and send our sincerest condolences to Miss Chen's family and friends. So that's their statement. Um, this resort apparently is a pretty big deal. Uh, it's it said that that uh, in the film The Blue Lagoon, which stars Brooke Shields from 1980, uh, that that's where they filmed the Blue Lagoon uh, in that in that resort. And then apparently. I don't know if this is because of COVID again, but apparently they only take 14 couples as guests uh, at a time. So the whole thing, uh, it, it might be all the time not due to COVID because uh, part of, I think, what they're selling here is uh, access to like private beaches and all these sort of amenities. They even offer horseback riding. It seems like some kind of really luxurious uh, destination. It, there's been several celebrity couple, couples who have honeymooned there as well, including Jessica Simpson with Nick Lachey, remember that time, and uh, Britney Spears with her ex-husband Kevin Federline. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that adds anything important, but it's just, you know, I, okay, um, it does, and I just don't want to give my opinion too much, but I but I guess I am, right? So um, I just kind of am basically... The reason why I added that really is because it has to do with this whole luxury aspect. And I'll, I'll circle back to that in a, in a minute. And it has to do with his occupation as well. So um, anyway, um, back, to, back to what I was saying earlier. Well, okay, no, I'm going to go into it now, I guess. Um he is working at a nonprofit, right again not that this is the case for everybody but people who it, it's if you add a lot of these things some people who work at these sort of organizations uh, end up being scammers or you know things like that so there is something called a love scam and basically a love scam is somebody um takes advantage of you they get in a relationship with you and whatever happens happens you know they might marry you they might not you might be physically together might not be there you know there's a thousand things that can happen in that situation but basically you think you as this victim of a love scam think that you're in a relationship with somebody who you really like and things are great you know you have this idea that things are are good Meanwhile, this person is actually finding a way to take advantage of you, whether that be, most of the time it's financially, but, you know, maybe they might be trying to get, you know, I don't know, a position somewhere or 
you know, possessions, possessions you might have. It, it, you never know. It could be a thousand things. Most of the time, it's just purely financial. You know, they they want your money, um, and so with this situation, he is working at a nonprofit. So of course, because it's always it's like an abuser as well. When nobody, there's no such thing as like a good scammer isn't gonna come up to you with a big sign on their forehead that says I'm a scammer they're gonna come to you gift wrapped look real nice and pretty as something that's very sincere and and, and a gift to you uh, and so so a good cover for somebody who has these nefarious intentions is to say yeah I work at a nonprofit. <clears throat> excuse me So then add to that the fact, like I said, that they got married so quickly that her friends never met him. Uh, another red flag. Why, again, why rush into a marriage? Why was he so desperate for that? And the next thing, why did they go to this luxury resort? I can only imagine a few things, and one of them being that this man must have like I said he must have this eye for luxury this this need of wanting to have this high life a feeling he deserves the best but also maybe he was love bombing her and saying oh we're gonna have this great honeymoon and it's gonna be here and you know that the Britney Spears honeymoon here and you know all these things and and it's been on movies and stuff and and you know so she goes thinking everything is amazing and then you know she ends up dead but then is that really what happened you know i wonder what his intentions were was it always the plan to you know was that you know was it always his plan to kill her or did they have an argument we don't we really there's just so many questions right now but you know they did say it's an ongoing investigation so we'll see what happens with that but i i guess i didn't want to bring it up because of i just see a lot of these red flags a lot of the same story with people there's a lot of people that kind of although it's not the exact same situation they fall for these love scams and and these people that are just not good uh and abuse them one way or the other and so i i guess you know i just i want to give my two cents so uh, although we'll find out more that's all I have for now so the last thing though that I did want to talk about was this other murder that happened which is so terrible um her name is Dana uh, Alotebi so the way you spell her last name by the way is A-L-O-T-A-I-I-B-I-I -I -I. at least that's what um what I could see, I also found her TikTok, which it is spelled that way on her TikTok, so I believe it was. Okay, so Dana was a USMC wife, so a Marine Corps wife, and she was recently, this one is actually really recent, but she was recently killed by her husband, Brian Tejeda Castillo, and... Sorry for the crinkly noises. Um, so apparently he was actually deployed in Okinawa. And while he... So this is what happened, you know. And I saw a lot of... Like I said, I was watching her TikToks. And she does 
open up a lot about what happened and so this is where i'm getting this information so he was deployed in okinawa and while he was over there apparently like as soon as he got there he downloaded tinder and so he he actually ended up paying for a premium i actually have never had tinder so i'm not sure i wasn't i didn't even know that there was like this premium option i don't know what the difference is but uh he he downloaded or he bought the premium subscription so it showed up on their bank uh statement which is how she found out so she i, I don't know exactly you know what the confrontation was the conversation i'm not exactly sure about the whole thing but at some point she decided to do the same thing and she flipped the script um well she decided to do the same thing but then he flipped the script on her so uh she decided that she was going to uh download tinder as well and uh i i'm gonna skip to another part where i'm sorry i don't know the exact information on whether or not so she she downloaded tinder and then she had an only fans account i believe she started the only fans after this situation happened not before but i could be wrong on the only fans but you know at, so at that point he cheated on her or at least attempted to and then she decided well you know what i'm gonna do the same thing and so he did not like that he got really upset about her about that and he ended up coming back home they were in hawaii he came back home to Hawaii and he murdered her on July 20th of this year. So just a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, he stabbed her to death. So she was like, a, so she was actually a YouTuber to begin with. She had a lot of followers and, and she was, you know, popular. And throughout the process of all of this happening, she was actually updating her fans and letting everybody know what was going on. And she, so that's why, like I said, I know some of this information because I saw it on her own websites. And um, at one point she records herself, she was on the phone with the suicide hotline and she was talking to them about how he had been violent towards her, about, how, you know, all this abuse basically that he had done towards her uh, physically. And she explains to them that she had tried to get help from the military, but that they weren't protecting her. And at some point, you know, she even asks, or she says, like, on the phone, you know, she's like, why, why, why won't they help me? Uh, you know, she was definitely truly asking for help. She was looking for help from somebody. Um, so she, so this all happened in Honolulu. Uh, and so she's actually originally from Virginia. Uh, but due to them needing to divide assets in their divorce, they she ended up having to stay. They wouldn't they wouldn't send her home or like give her a place to stay while they were going through this divorce. Um, I believe I saw even um, I saw one of her in one of her videos. She said something about she had a video, basically like a ring camera video, of the military police coming into her house telling her she needed to leave the house uh, because of the divorce so you know they really truly did not care it looks like um so um i'm gonna read from an article and like i say i'm gonna link it in the show notes so you could take a look if you want okay so um so in this video it was actually she posted it January of this year, 2022, and she recorded the video and posted it to YouTube. And this was a caption. It said, military spouse, Hawaii help, read description. 
and like I said, she was on the phone with the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and she was crying, and this is a quote from her. She said, it's haunting me, like all the incidents that he's hit me and done horrible things to me. Even when I reached out for help, like nothing was done at all, and I'm thinking like, what can I do? Why is he so untouchable? And then in the description, she alleges this. My husband recently got deployed to Japan. <clears throat> to Japan. On the third day, he downloaded Tinder and paid $124 for the Tinder premium. I confronted him about it and his intentions. Ever since finding out about Tinder, I am completely broken. I mentioned to him about having thoughts of harming myself and feel like I need to be near my family. I asked him to buy my ticket to see my mom and he said no. I couldn't believe he said no because he was having enough money to pay for dating apps and meet single women in Japan. And not for me to fly back home because I'm getting severely depressed after, after finding out about the Tinder account. I was desperate and used his money anyways to buy my ticket. Once he found out I used his money for the flight, he cut me off financially and took me off his Navy Federal account. Bryant and I spoke. I planned... I think I... I think I... I think I might do, have put something wrong here. I'm not sure. But Bryant and I spoke spoke oh like we spoke and planned to buy a home uh, when he came back in june 2022 even had started seeking realtors so from my understanding we were still having long-term plans together bryant had threatened me to get me killed if i didn't return the money back to him he said he would provide my home address flight details to certain people with the intentions to get me killed I have video recording proof of that. I genuinely am scared to fly back home due to the death threats, but I'm having suicidal thoughts here in Marine Base, Hawaii. I contacted military base police and they let CID and CIS hear the recordings and they denied to open a case, although Bryant clearly states, quote, I don't care. I hope you get killed and I go to the brig. After me saying, quote, you're putting me in danger by providing that information, public certain people throughout my marriage bryant has been physically abusive countless of times he's hit me beat me choked me knocked me out conscious slammed me on the floor kicking my spine having me to seek medical help i didn't file a report for every incident but the times i did 14 times military police informed his command and bryant's only punishment was to get sent to the barracks for a period of time as shallow as this sounds at the time every single time any physical abuse would happen i thought bryant would change or it would stop i know he loves being a marine and thinking if his command gets involved that would make the physical abuse i'm sorry <laughs> okay i know he loves being a marine and thinking if his command gets involved that would make the physical abuse stop never has his command intimidated him enough to stop i have two incidents where he's hit me in front of his friend and another one where neighbors called saying i was being dragged inside the house from the driveway my family member was visiting and brian put hands on my family member told military police this and like always he was removed from the house no demoting just going just going back to work the next day i'm haunted at the fact that brian got away with everything his command covers for him, and now with this latest threat to have me killed being brushed under the rug, it's ridiculous. 
Bryant still holds his job position. Are Marines allowed to threaten to kill their wives? I feel scared and hopeless. If you have any advice or guidance on how to escalate the situation, please help. I can't go home because he threatened to have me killed there. I can't stay here because I literally want to die. So that's that's what she posted on her YouTube. So um, in a news conference, Lieutenant Dina Tomis said at 6.18 p.m. on July 20th, 2022, while in the area of Interstate H3 West near an off-ramp, witnesses observed a male standing over a female stabbing her multiple times. He was in possession of a knife. Witnesses pulled over and tried to restrain the male and help the victim, she said. He fled into a brush area where police apprehended him. He used the same knife to injure himself and was taken to a hospital where he remains in custody. And um, Dana was uh, only 27 years old um, and she was pronounced dead. So Alatibi was from Virginia, like I said. And, you know, so this all just happened, right? And... Obviously, there's going to be more information that needs to come out, but also it's the it's the fucking military and the Marines at that, so I'm sure that they're going to try to bury it the best that they can. So I actually wanted to ask if you can share... Um, I heard a noise and I'm alone in the dark. Okay, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I wanted to see if you guys can help to share this story and basically just force force the military to actually make sure that Bryant faces the consequences of his actions. You know, the military lets these guys off and pretend that nothing happened all the time. And so by us pushing it out there, it'll force them to, you know, it'll, well, it's up to us, I guess, basically, to force them to do the correct thing. So that's, that is that. I mean, I hope you guys can find the story, share the story, write about it anything just so we can you know so we can get all we need to do is to get the military to do the right thing that's basically it and you can almost trust that they won't so that's basically why i think we should (laughs) yeah that noise that's why i think that we should we should try to share it and and uh talk about it as much as we can so on my last i think this is my last thing to update is okay another thing you guys probably already knew but i somehow truly did not know even though i'm like so in the world of true crime or whatever so apparently billy jensen has shown some predatory behavior towards women and uh the you know the worst thing that that he's being accused of is that he has sexually harassed trauma survivors on more than one occasion and this is so basically um there was this these these huge like if you go on reddit there is this huge mega thread on this and actually because of this reddit thread it ended up in a rolling stones article and they even quote the reddit mega thread and um it's just it's like all this craziness but reddit is like there's like a really good um basically like 
like a not a synopsis even more just like a, a a compilation of just everything that's sort of been going on okay so if you happen to not know who billy jensen is and i'm just going to give a really quick description um he's an investigative journalist and he has spent his career you know his life like his career life <laughs> trying to help solve unsolved cases he has written books and he actually contributed to finishing michelle mcnamara's book if you know who she is which um that's a whole nother thing but uh i believe that he was even interviewed in the hbo documentary i'll be gone in the dark i remember seeing him on there um he worked on unraveled with alexis Linkletter trying to track down the long island serial killer and uh, this was both a podcast and a series on TV. It was on, uh, uh, and I don't if it was on Discovery. I think you could see it on Discovery Plus. Um, so also he has been a co-host to several podcasts, including the Murder Squad with Paul Holes, uh, and apparently, uh, and he's also by the way a co-host to um, the First Degree. Uh, which is another podcast okay so this is basically what happened if you happen to know so the murder squad is a very popular podcast that is under the umbrella of exactly right media so that's the network that uh, that they belong to so there was an exactly right media halloween party in 2021 and apparently allegedly he was so drunk that he was being inappropriate with another employee of exactly right <clears throat> sorry for the crinkling uh so okay so apparently this employee went over to exactly right and told him what, what happened and she believes that exactly right did not react appropriately appropriately to this report of sexual harassment and so now there's a lawsuit uh, going on against exactly right so because of this lawsuit it led to murder squad being canceled and i'm gonna be honest with you you know i don't condone his behavior at all so i don't hope that it's not taken this way but that it the fact that they canceled that podcast sucks because they were doing great work then they truly were they were really trying to do almost like crowdsourcing um sort of by using this idea of like crowdsourcing to solve these unsolved cases um they provided they helped to spread awareness on things and also like um how can i put it to you they they really um they, they were, you know, there's so many of us that are like armchair detectives or whatever. They were really um, asking us basically to join in with them to help solve these cases. And they were doing great work, like I said. And so I just kind of thought that maybe it'd be nice if they kept it going with Paul Holes alone. Um, I don't think he necessarily needs to have a co-host, but if they wanted him to just have a co-host they i think they could have just replaced him and gotten somebody new but um you know i don't know i mean i just think that they were truly helping and i don't know there's probably some behind the scenes reasons that they canceled it i can only imagine 
but uh so yeah i mean it's been canceled uh so anyway so so since this has happened there have been multiple women that started coming forward and started saying that he was inappropriate with them too throughout the years as well and um Oh, so this Rolling Stone article actually said something that I think is this great analogy. It's this great thing. And they basically said that um, Billy was like a broken step on a staircase. Um, and you're like, okay, what? What does that mean? So basically, they were saying it's like that step on a staircase where everybody will warn you about it and tell you, hey, you know, that step is broken. Be careful. You know, be careful when you go up the stairs. Be careful when you come down the stairs. It's that step that everybody warns you about. And Billy was the one that people would warn you about. So the analogy is great. But then also it gets even better because, you know, that makes sense. Okay, he, this, he's the one that everybody warns you about. But guess what? It also is a great analogy for how everybody gets used to that broken step. And everybody gets used to saying, hey watch out for that broken step watch out be careful and then you know eventually a new person comes along and they say hey be careful with that step and they go okay but like why can't we just fix it you know we don't have to live with this step and and i so i think it's just really profound in that way because we don't have to accept this sort of behavior from anybody we don't need to say oh that's just creepy billy don't mind him like you know it shouldn't be uh, accepted at all and so I just thought that it was a great analogy and I want that to spread I think it's great it's a great way and I think that we should have a list of all these people that are like the broken step and you know all these men that are in the media in positions of power and write them all on a list and say this is the one that you need to be warned about okay anyway um so what was I saying? <laughs> okay, so Billy's response. So, uh, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. So he responded saying that basically he has an alcohol problem and that he um, thinks that the best way for him to um, take care of it is to go to rehab. So he has gone to, to rehab and he says that he did not realize that he was crossing any lines. And also... Which, which is such bullshit, but anyway, he also says that he didn't realize that there were any issues between him and, and any of these females, because he said that after these instances, he was able to maintain relationships with these women, so he thought that everything was fine. Um, and I just have to say, honestly, whether it's true or not, or whatever, I just think that's not a cool thing to say, and I think that really shows his color, because, or his colors, because he covers so many sexually violent crimes and he's supposedly such an advocate for women especially victims women victims so for him to even have the audacity to say i thought we were cool because she still talked to me and she didn't act like anything was wrong that is so so yucky i mean i don't even know it just it honestly it makes you think that you cannot trust anybody no one you cannot trust anyone so that's a developing story and you know of course there's so much more involved with it with that story um 
if you know who Paul Haynes is, um, he got involved. He was on Reddit even. Like, he he pulled in a lot of, supposedly a lot of women came to him and he sort of put it all together and saying this is, this is what happened. And so it's pretty crazy. It's, um, if you're in the true, if you're into true crime podcasts and this is a pretty big thing that a lot of, um, these true crime big, like big people are involved in. So it is pretty rattling in that way. So, yeah, it's still developing. I don't think we're going to hear too much until after the lawsuit. But I do wish, um, I do wish that Georgia and Karen would have made some sort of public statement. I know they can't say much, I'm sure, because of the lawsuit. Uh, I still think that they could have put some kind of a, any kind of statement all they did was say it's an end of an era when they canceled the uh, murder squad podcast and that's not right i think that's pretty disappointing as two women of course who are also really in the true crime world so not cool on their parts but yeah so um that's just my quick update episode obviously was not that quick I've been talking for 50 minutes um it is my first time back so i do apologize for the noises and everything and i'm out of breath and everything but oh i know it's um you know you think it's easy to talk but it it's kind of it gets tricky sometimes <laughs> but yeah so anyway that that felt good i'm glad i'm i'm, I'm happy to do this episode update you guys and as always, the sources are le- linked in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about that Billy situation, I do recommend going to Reddit um, because they just have a lot of different things that you can go through and look at and you can form your own opinion about it. Um, so I recommend going to Reddit for that. But uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it and I will be back. You'll be hearing more from me and oh also before i forget i started a youtube channel which is um you know it's not the best channel and i don't have and it's nothing fancy nothing great but i am talking about things here and there just a little bit so if you want to check that out you're more than welcome to do that i'm at crime castle pod and of course you can send me any email feedback at crimecastlepod at gmail.com thanks bye